What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. We've got the whole crew here. Hank is here. Dre is here. Jake is here. And we are going to do a mock draft through the Broncos' second round pick. It's about that time. Mel Kuyper just released his first mock draft of the year. Draft rankings are coming out all over. We are putting together our own big boards, our rankings, and, and we're going to dive into all these position groups over the coming months, Senior Bowl, all that fun stuff. But really looking forward to diving into this mock, seeing kind of where everybody goes with the various picks. I'm sure there'll be some debate. We're going to try and keep it as free-flowing as possible because 40 picks is a lot of picks. But um, yeah, how do we how do we want to start this off? Does, is anybody really itching at the bit to be the number one pick? I don't care I at all. it is. Nice. Okay. Um, so number one, we got the Jaguars here. Um, let's see. As much as I want to get creative, turn yourself like, down just a smidge more. Now oh, you're peaking, and it's okay. gonna be like obnoxious for a forty pick. Okay. Well, now, now, how, now, do I sound great? I love it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, we got Evan Neal, who I want to be like super aggressive with and be like protect. You know, screw it. We're we're gonna get weird today. We're going Evan Neal here. They're gonna protect Trevor Lawrence. And they're going to be happy they did it. Um, you guys want to tell me how dumb I am? I think there is this rationale to make that pick. Obviously, you have a franchise quarterback. He's the best left tackle available. We're just deciding we're going to you know, protect our investment in that sense. It's, it's not a very fun pick, especially with some elite edge rushers on the table. And that's you know the most common, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there is a world where Evan Neal could go number one. I don't think it's that unrealistic. And I Not just realized I, sh- I, sh- I never said he's from Alabama. And with the point of this mock being that a lot of people are probably tuning in for the first time and want to know who these good players are. Should say six foot six, left tackle, 360 pounds, just a freak from Alabama. It's the school bus with a maroon helmet on when you go and, and watch the film. So go check him out. He's an absolute beast. Um, I love that pick. I love that we're having some fun with it. We've got two months to, you know, mock Aiden Hutchinson as number one or Thibodeau, whoever you want to do. He Detroit was in the Lions. plus of thousands to be the first overall pick, and we were talking about him as an There's option. There's some value there. Well, especially with the teams, you know, like we always mm-hmm. knew if Jacksonville was going to be first overall, that was going to be in the mix since they wouldn't be in the quarterback market. And, I mean, you look at their defense. They played good. That's That D-line has some pieces to work yeah. with. You know, they're not well, desperate for Josh pass Allen's rushers. Things. No, not at all. And Gatsa's had a great like final week. They they figured some things out. It's definitely the offense though that was uh, morbid at times this year. So they really got to figure that out. I think I like they got that. rid of the problem there. <laughs> Urban's out. <laughs> yeah, Many I appreciate you guys for not roasting me though. I really thought that was going to go differently. Who who's picking no, for I, the Lions? You made a good pick, Jake. Why don't you go for Detroit? Um, I'm going to keep the boy in his hometown or not his hometown, but I'm going to keep him at home and I'm take Aiden Hutchinson here. Um, love it. Just best talent on the board. Feels like Detroit feels like mm-hmm. a knee biter. Well, and you, you got to remember, they've got that other pick at the end of the round from the Rams from the golf trade. So they've got some flexibility here where they can always trade up again at, you know, if there's a quarterback they're interested in later, you know, there's, there's a lot of different options they have here in this draft. Um, I believe they have like the 20, yeah, 28. So the, uh, the third pick is Houston and this is all over the place. I'm going to give this one to Dre. 
if or, oh i got it um we got Houston. a luchi appearance no yeah it's we got a rock star we got daddy i'm gonna Gray go with <laughs> i'm just gonna go with Kayvon thibodeau because i think they need talent all over and, and he's hard to pass on they've got a ton of needs i mean basically everything so i'm, I'm going Kayvon thibodeau and i think if you you have that you know you got a new coach whoever it ends up being you allow him to get that cornerstone franchise piece. Hopefully it goes a little bit better than Jadavion Clowney did back in the day. Um, but ultimately, I think the the best is, has yet to come for Thibodeau. And if you could land him at three, that would be an absolute steal. Two things. First of all, that makes me really sad. And I'm going to feel bad for whoever goes to Houston. But the fact that it's Kayvon Thibodeau and he's just going to be wasting away breaks my heart. Playing for Josh McCown, possibly, according to the reports. Yep. Oh, but also, I, I think like this might be a pick where they just do something really dumb because they're Houston. Quarterback? Yeah. yeah. yeah for, it, it's for always example. possible. So much up in the air. We got to see who the coach is. You know, early mm-hmm. murmurs that the coach might be someone who would intrigue Deshaun to stay, which like, dude just wasted a year of his prime. I highly right. doubt. Yeah, those bridges feel way. burned at this point. He's going to get booed in his home okay. stadium. Like, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Davis Mills kind of seems like a guy who you can roll the dice for another year. He buys you enough time to like, eh, screw it. Check it out. A team with all the needs they have, much like the pick I'm about to take on with the Jets. I mean, shit, you want to trade down. Um, mm-hmm. And at least at three, you've still got Thibodeau on the board to make that trade down more appealing. At four, you're kind of stuck. All the value on the board, probably at the O-line spots here, um, especially with Iquanu. That's who uh, I really thought about taking, but then I was like, they don't even have a quarterback yet. So, I mean, does right. it really matter? I know. I know it's hard to get like a tone setter when it's like, what What are we setting the tone for? Um, <laughs> the Jets have those tone setters, really invested in the O-line mm-hmm. um, the last few years. Obviously, Mekhi Becton being, staying healthy is a big thing for them. Um, and really, and Wilson value. had some moments this year. It wasn't it wasn't great, and he had a pretty rough stretch at times. But I think you saw him flash, especially late in the season. That ability to stretch the field they've got they've got pieces to work with. I love Michael Carter. You know, offensive line that they're building some stuff up there. So a lot of a lot of options if you're the Jets here. Seems like for maybe the the first time since like the peak Rex Ryan era there's actually some faith that the Jets might be turning it around here especially with mm-hmm. you know some who knows how legitimate New England's going to be long term you know they kind of peaked at, at a weird point this season well and the other piece for the Jets is that they pick at 10 and so I mean right. like yeah. as tempted as I be to say like ah, oh, maybe maybe you go receiver here get a weapon for Zach well I mean you you all of a sudden have a pick at 10 you might as well take one of the many options you'll have there and that's that's the case for a bunch of these teams you got the Giants with a couple picks. You got the Eagles with three picks. Uh, and that, that I don't know. I'm curious to see how that plays out. You have some flexibility too, though, to potentially take a flyer on somebody that's, you know, maybe a little bit more of a luxury pick, a Kyle Hamilton, or maybe you take a flyer on, on Derek Stingley and just bank that he's going to, you know, go back to that sophomore film or 2019, whatever film that was. Um, yeah, a lot of different options here for the Jets. I. What so do you tough, think, Jake? Man. So tough. Um, um, I think you can wait at wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that pick at 10, but that does feel like a must at this point. And Zach Wilson's second half, once he came back, 
different quarterback. Um, and again, if, if Michael Carter's intriguing, that O-line's got a lot of pieces, that's nice. You could so go I'd a go Jabo deep. here and then come back and get Jamison Williams. Like, there's I would a go lot. a Jabo or Stingley. I mean, I think those mm-hmm. are the two that are staring you in the face. What were you going to say, Jake? Um, I was just going to say, I mean, you already have the one guy in uh, um, Becton there. You drafted Elijah yeah. Vera Tucker. Uh, maybe you draft another tackle. You really solidify that offensive line uh, and you protect Zach Wilson for the long haul here. As much as you want to give a young quarterback receivers, a running game can be much more valuable. That would kind of be the Cowboys model with, uh, with Dak right there. I think mm-hmm. they mix and match, go defense, offense, and yeah. go Ojakbo mm-hmm. here, who, again, we've mentioned it, maybe seems like a reach here, but he's the one guy who uh, several games this year, you could argue, outplayed the consensus top prospect in this class. So I don't think it's that outlandish for him to go fourth overall. Yep, and again, that's David Ojabo, the edge from Michigan. Like super, super bendy, more of like your, I mean, he's like the upside guy, right? Like he might be able to just cook guys off the edge in a Von Miller's type of style, whereas Aiden Hutchinson week in, week out is just big and bulky. But that is a big step down. You guys agree still between Ojabo and then the two edges that are gone, Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson? Um, I don't know. It's a massive step. It's It's a step. I don't think it's massive though. Yeah. It feels like a step down in pedigree because Ojabo's only done it for one year. But if you were to compare Ojabo's last season to KT's best year, uh, are we really like, oh, man, Thibodeau is worlds beyond Ojabo with what he just did this past season? I'm not so sure. But it comes down to that discussion we have all the time of how much can you trust a a one-year wonder? Um, And KT gives you a lot more trust with the pedigree going back to his high school days, you know, so it's a safer well, like, in that sense. How much of the success do you also attribute to the fact that you've got Hutchinson getting doubled at times on the other side and, you know, Jabo gets to kind of feast based on that. You know, I'm, I'm not using it against him. It's just a lot of things you're going to have to consider. I do think he's one of those dudes that's really going to flash through the draft evaluation process, the combine he's, you know, gets to show yes. his, how he looks in his underwear and, and all that. He's one of those dudes where people are like, good. man, we can work with this. We can right. work with it. So I, right. I like it. I think that's a good pick. And they have flexibility. With the fifth pick, Hank, you are up. The other team from New York slash New Jersey. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to be a part of it, but it's New York. <laughs> the the fifth pick. <laughs> who are you going with? And again, this is another one. We, we don't know who their coach is yet. So it's, it's tough to or forecast who some of these teams are going to take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough one for sure. And again, I mean, this is another weird one where you got picks at five and seven. So you really take two guys you like and say, which one are we more worried about Carolina getting their hands on in between? And so there is like a, it's a good point. I love knowing the draft order. This is the fun stuff. Once you get to draft night. Um, but I mean, what you could, you could definitely justify going with Derek Stingley, um, the cornerback from LSU, just crazy fast. So many tools. I think that you look at the secondary and say, oh, yeah, they've, they've got some solid pieces. What if we just turn that into a full-on strength? I do think that they probably just run it back this year, give give Daniel Jones one more season at quarterback, so I'm not going to go there. Um, I know they I, drafted Andrew Thomas fifth overall, what, two years ago too, right? Yeah. So even though right here it says their biggest needs offensive tackle. Do you need yet another franchise left tackle, you know? And you've got Nate Solder on the other side, too. And, that's how, and so what do you take Iguanu from NC State and just say play him at guard for a season? 
and then bump him outside when he has you. It's it's an option, but to me, it's got to be like 37 at this point, though. Yeah, seriously. And not like good, but expensive. Um, I'm tempted to go receiver here, but like we've said, I think I'm more willing to take the, the, the second my second favorite receiver in case Carolina takes one. So instead, we're gonna we're gonna give him a big linebacker. Um, we're gonna go Devin Lloyd. We're gonna go Devin Lloyd off the board right here. Just get somebody big and mean in the middle of that defense. He's versatile. He can play a bunch of different roles. Um, what Reggie Ragland? Probably the, the best inside linebacker right now. Oh, that's but yeah, not good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, well, so, like, their two biggest defensive needs: edge and linebacker. Yeah, I'd, he I'll, takes I'll, care I'll, of either of them. I'll keep saying it. Right, he fills both spots. Yep. We just don't talk about it enough. He really fills both spots. So we're going Devin Lloyd, the versatile and just insane person of a linebacker from Utah, most underrated player in the country. That's totally on brand. If anybody's going to mock Devin Lloyd, top five, it's us. So I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. He's so fun, man. If in a, in a world where he's on the board and Denver's there. I know inside linebacker isn't always the sexiest, but like Dre said, just with the versatility he brings, I, I'd fall in love. I'd be absolutely in love. I'd feel the same way I felt when they got Patrick Sertan, um, all the quarterback stuff aside. Six pick, Carolina, Jake, who are you going with? Um, Real quick, have the Panthers hired an offensive coordinator yet? If not, Does they've inter- done a bunch of interviews. I saw Clint Kubiak interviewed um, a couple other guys. I think O'Brien. All right. Interesting. Um, should also be worth mentioning since I'm in between the two picks, uh, the giants are actually hiring a GM. They're hiring Jim Schoen um, from the bills. I guess he was Brandon, Brandon beans, right-hand man out in Buffalo. Um, they drafted well. Yeah, no joke. Uh, back to Carolina though. I think I'm, I think you have to lean tackle here. Um, I wish I knew exactly which guy to go with. Uh, if I had an offensive coordinator um, that would help out, I'm just going to go with Iquanu, though, um, a guy that's really shot up uh, the odds list to be first overall, actually. Um, but a big name, the offensive tackle out of NC State, uh, absolutely massive, 6'4", 320. Not quite the Evan Neal, but still a, a pretty massive human being. Um, yeah, they just got to solidify that offensive line, man. They're starting uh, Daly Dennis and Taylor Moten at tackle. Don't know those names. So I think anytime you can add a tackle, it's good. Uh, Do you think that it sounds like a Quanu is going to end up being a guy that kind of tests above Charles Cross when it's all said and done? Um, I mean, I guess so. It's, I don't know. I think back to Andre Dillard uh, with Charles Cross, just because he's kind of like an air raid tackle. And of course he played under Mike Leach, but he was a guy that seemed kind of undervalued at the time, just because he was a, a air or quote air raid tackle. Um, but he seems to be one of the more solid tackles to come out of that class. So I like it. It feels like a safe pick, smart pick. Who knows what's going to happen with that Carolina quarterback situation? That'd be the only thing I'd throw out. They could, you know, maybe be Matt Crowell, Kenny Pickett territory, depending on kind of how this all plays out. But I think that's a solid pick. Um, Giants are up again with the seventh pick. Already got them Devin Lloyd. Man, I'm tempted to go wide receiver because they could certainly use it. I'm also tempted to just like take a flyer on Stingley and see if you can certify that defense a little bit or solidify, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, I'm going to go Derek Stingley. I think he's a guy that people are going to fall in love with that 2019 film. And 
I think he's going to test well at the combine. Double back seven plays. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, they've invested a lot in the O-line and the offense. Like, if you're not going mm-hmm. quarterback, I can't fault you for this pick. Yeah. And there's so much talent at receiver. Like, even if you're not landing Jamison Williams, you know, you there's one of these guys is going to fall late in the first. You could trade back in. They have so much, so much draft capital. Like it, there's just not spent, a pressing need to necessarily take one top eight. They spent a lot of resources on receivers last year too. They yeah. took Tony, they uh, signed Galladay. Um, I, mean, I still like Darius Slayton. Um, so there's some options, I think. Yeah. I like I, I don't mind the pick at all. I mean, just like the, the obvious talent there. Can't complain. All right. Pick number eight, the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons, another team. <laughs> they, they could be all over the place. I mean, that defense needs help. I think they could probably use another receiver at this point. That feels very Falcons-y. And obviously, who knows what they, they feel about Matt Ryan moving forward. So, uh, Dre, the, the Atlanta Falcons, where are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, just searching for building blocks on defense forever. Um Jordan Davis would make a lot of sense, though, man, top 10, building your D around a nose tackle is tough. Um, Karlaftis mm-hmm. would probably be the more logical pick, though I do wonder how he'll test. He feels like someone who's going to get knocked um, from now until draft time itself. You could pair Andrew Booth with A.J. Terrell, who's really been fantastic this season. Um and is one of the few positives, and you do still have Kyle Hamilton and what have you. I am going to go with Karlaftis for now. Um, just make him that building block, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you could – it does feel like we've gotten to the point of the draft where the first wide receiver off the board is just staring you in the face every pick. Seriously, and, and I like that pick. I think we have Grady Jarrett there. Like just the two of them together, you can get really excited about. And, and it just takes a bunch of the load off those linebackers. Let them focus on sitting back a little bit because you got big guys up front. I, I, I love it. You've got a nice sample size to pull from when looking at Carl Aftis's success. You know, it's not one, two game thing. It's a guy that's flashed pretty consistently these last couple of years. I like him again. I'm not sure he's going to test through the roof or anything like that. I think, you know, Ajabo and some of these other guys from Georgia and stuff are just going to, they're going to be hard to pass up on, but I, I think I like his appeals pick. on third down, you can probably move him inside from time to time and create that pressure from the good point. middle of the pocket. And that's obviously a huge value. Um, but man, it's intriguing. NFC South too, like switching over at quarterback. You mm-hmm. wonder, do you want to beat that rush? You know, while the saints and Carolina are still figuring things out. And that's good like point. the elephant in the room, right? Is yep. like, when do you just move on from Matt Ryan? Yeah. And it's really hard not to do it right now. That's for sure. It's got to be soon. And I don't know. It just depends on what they, how much they value these quarterbacks and stuff. But yeah, the ninth pick, Denver, we'll let everybody give a little bit of input, even though Hank is going to be the one making the pick. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good options. Kyle Hamilton still sitting there. All the quarterbacks, wide receivers available. I think that wouldn't make a ton of sense based on the guys that you've resigned. Charles Cross, I mean, what are you leaning? There's definitely options. You know, my thing with Cross is like, he's he's a really good pass protector. Some some questions potentially about about run blocking, and and I don't mind the idea of switching bowls to right tackle, but 
to me, Kyle Hamilton just staring you in the face. Like he's too talented. And I know that you have Sertan and you have Justin Simmons back there. But I don't, again, I think that's more reason to take him because Simmons can be your kind of deep center fielder back there. And Hamilton, honestly, I think that's probably what he's best at. But you can move him around and he's versatile. You've got Kareem Jackson kind of coming up at, to the end of his career. Who knows if they even bring him back next year. Um, when there's a talent like that, you know, maybe you could see it as a bit redundant, but I, I think that I go Hamilton and pass up on the quarterbacks. Jake? Um, I kind of looking at uh, Trevon Walker here. Just uh, I think that other than quarterback, that's really the most glaring hole in this team. Maybe you could say right tackle too. Um, but, you know, Chubb obviously hasn't really lived up to that top five billing. Um, and you just need some impactful pass rush after Vaughn is gone. Uh, you can't just blitz the entire time. I mean, it's this is all so dependent on who they end up hiring and stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'd just say uh, I think Edge is definitely in play in this spot. Mm-hmm. That's a dude whose stock has risen significantly these last couple of months. They've got Nicobe Dean sitting there as well. Um, Devin Lloyd off the board, but would fill Denver's pressing need at inside linebacker. I think he's probably a little bit less versatile than Devin Lloyd, but obviously still just an incredible talent. Um, yeah, but I, I would be fine with Hamilton. Is that where you're leaning still? Yeah. I, yeah. I just think with that talent there, probably wind up playing maybe some more cover two than a little bit less of the cover three, but but that's definitely fine with me. He'd be great in the box too, right? He would be. Sure tackler in the run game. Yeah. And I don't know if I've said this either, but from Notre Dame, big safety, what, 6'4", 220, he can do anything and should probably be what, like top five talent in this draft? Yeah, can man, I just I mean, say the board really falls in the worst possible way here? Fair. Like this is right. not great. Um, you're left looking at edge four and OT three. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. it's not ideal to maximize the value. And you're not you don't even have the advantage of getting stingly. You know, you're already looking at the second best corner and that shit, that might be where the value is for sure. Andrew Booth right there. I mean, I think if the board fell this way today, Peyton maybe just pulls the the plug on Booth over a Hamilton and, or uh, sauce Gardner. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. Andrew Booth from Clemson Gardner from, uh, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Wow. But, but like Booth to me, like as a zone corner playing that cover three opposite Sertan, I think that that, Again, if, if you're playing a cover three with Simmons up top, Sertan, Booth, that looks pretty nice too. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. I think you, you'd you kind of try to move down. Uh, you know, we've yeah. said this about a few teams and hope someone's interested in Hamilton, Dean, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers still being around. Um, What's the lowest you would feel comfortable trading down? About 15? Well, I tell you, I'd target at least one of those first two Eagles picks. I'd try to at least get that, I think. Um, I don't really know if any of the teams ahead of them would be interested in moving up, but I wouldn't be interested in moving back to like the back half of the first round, honestly. I, I know you say, have a lot of day two picks, but... I can say there's there's some guys that... Uh, like five more. Five more who I would say are not really dropping off too much in terms of what you like, and that's before you get to the quarterbacks. So if you get down to 15, odds are you're going to get one of those. 
And if you slip a little bit past that, then you get one of those, or you can take a pick at quarterback too, which if you're at 15, I like these quarterbacks a lot better. Most surprised nobody's pushing for one here. I mean, I don't know. Who are we clinging on to at this point? Like, who's your target in a trade down? Corral. I mean, shoot, man. I'll say it again. If Jordan Davis keeps falling, that's a that's a pretty impactful player. I know he may not be a three down defensive lineman, but I think that's a really impactful player that could come in and, uh, you know, just kind of elevates the defense as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, the names you're, you're making and I'd add, um, I'd add DeMarvin Leal. That Mm -hmm. might be who you start targeting in a trade down as Walker Walker, we didn't mention is the defensive mm-hmm. end from Georgia, really not talked about much, kind of no. lost in the shuffle and the playoffs. And just as more people watch him, he is an athletic freak. And the, the Marvin, this kid does in pursuit is mm-hmm. absolutely wild. Um, you'll still see Jordan Davis ranked ahead of him on a lot of mocks and rankings. I, I mean, I think, I think Jake is spot on that. He will very much be in the conversation here. And, and the late, late part of the top 10. Um, what a pick. What a pick. Yep. Uh, I, gun to my head, I'd probably go N'Kobe Dean, which is where most mm-hmm. of the national mocks had the Broncos going at nine this week. Um, but the ideal situation would be a trade down. And uh, yeah, the most intriguing bits are those down defensive linemen because I think there's some real upside and talent there. Yep. And uh, hey. I mean, to me, Kyle Hamilton... Just the level of talent is a step above the rest. It's a roster that, that can afford to, to just take the talent and not draft too much for need. It does kind of depend on what they do at linebacker, though. Do they bring back Josie Jewell or AJ or both? I don't They've think got so many I mean, young guys. I don't think either of those guys really factor into your decision making at linebacker, though. But um, mm-hmm. uh, to the point with Kyle Hamilton, I mean, the really the only knock about him is that he's a safety and yep. you don't really take safeties this high. Other than that, I mean, it's a pretty good pick just in terms of talent. You're filling a need. Um, you're really kind of rounding out the secondary at that point too. Um, again, the only reason you wouldn't really want to draft him is because he's a safety, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of options. A lot of options. Hopefully there's a little bit more flexibility in terms of the tackle and edge position when Denver's up at nine. But we're going with Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame safety Talent-wise, I think you people would be happy with it. Again, you know the whole positional value thing. We can go round and round and round, but he is a very talented player. Would be fun. Number ten, New York Jets. Jake, where are we going? We already gave them David Ajabo, the Michigan edge at four. Yeah, um, I'm just going to go back to what I said. Taking another tackle. Uh, you got Charles Cross sitting there. You really kind of solidify the offensive line. That's three. What is that top? I don't know where Vera Tucker was taking. I think he was taken later, but that's still three first round picks on the offensive line. Yeah. 15. Okay. So then three offensive linemen that you've taken in the top half of the first round. Um, Hell man, that's a great way to protect Zach Wilson, who, as we mentioned, really came on late. Safe pick, but I think the smart pick, um, probably not one we need to go back and forth on. The 11th pick, the Washington football team we could be in quarterback territory now mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, so you've got, it's, it's a weird one. Cause Heineke is like, like he's old, like he's, he's going to be 30 next season. And he's like a, a league average, maybe just below quarterback. So do you roll with that or is it time to make the move? 
Uh, I'm going to go Matt Corral. Um, Mm. I'm not super sold on any of these quarterbacks at this point. I think Kuiper had uh, Malik Willis going to the, to Washington, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Matt Corral and, and say they take a flyer on him because I think he's one of those guys that's gonna impress people with his athleticism and all that. But I also think he probably makes more sense with the Vikings than he does with Washington. So maybe he, you know, maybe the Vikings try and trade trade up in that instance. There's a, a lot of flexibility, but I'm going Matt Corral. I was going to say, I kind of really like that pick just because I think you have the pieces to really help Matt Corral thrive. I mean, we mentioned uh, before, he's like an RPO quarterback, uh, gets the ball out quick, quick reads. Uh, you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got Adam Humphreys. Um, uh, what's the the running back? I'm sorry. Um, McKissick, you've got all these short to intermediate options. Well. Yeah. yeah. Ricky Seals Jones was coming along at tight end. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I think yeah. I think a big problem for them is the back end of that defense, and I don't know that any quarterback here is going to be an upgrade on Heineke. I could easily see a guy like Ron Rivera going with an Andrew Booth um, mm-hmm. who could suit more of that zone coverage. Um, or a Kobe Dean. I mean, this is a guy who, who played with Luke Keekley for many years. I could see him being... Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to see wacky stuff at quarterback, and it's it feels wide open, like outside of Pickett. I get, I get the feeling that Corral, Willis, Howell, uh, Ritter are kind of all over the place right now. So, um, but it's an interesting one. NFC similar to the NFC South, where you, you kind of who, who's going to start trying to beat each other to finding that franchise quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. got to do it eventually. All right, twelve Minnesota. Dre, where are you going? Yeah, this is a defense that really needs to be revitalized. I think it was. Um, Mike Zimmer's undoing on top of a divided locker among other things, because many of the leaders in the team were no Vax guys, which creates a ton of problems. Um, but man, I watched the Vikings and I kept thinking, boy, we think we have it bad in Denver. These guys have pro bowlers all over the field and can't just cannot do Jack. Um, I think they are going to run it back another year with Kirk cousins. Uh, we'll have to see on the coach. And what have you, I'd be very tempted to go O-line here. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the defense just needs a building block. And, um, man, I'm going to go DeMarvin Lale because I think that stock has dropped and will get back up. And I could very easily see the Vikings rolling the dice on a guy like that. I like it. I, I would go Kenny Pickett here. I think the idea of sitting him for a year behind uh, Kirk Cousins, letting him grow and letting him use his cannon arm with those receivers, that that would definitely be my move. Especially, I mean, I know they took Kellen Mond last year, but he played like those five snaps against Green Bay. And my God, have I Zimmer never quote. seen worse football. Yeah, Zimmer, Zimmer, Zimmer hates is... Kellen Mond. <laughs> Who doesn't? Fair it was awful. But I got to see who they hire as coach, you know, Fair. like it, they go like West, West coasty guy could totally see Pickett. They mm-hmm. go another direction. That's probably off. You know, I know you guys interested in seeing him play next week. Not particularly the, <laughs> the most glaring <laughs> indication of where Minnesota was at with, with Kellen Mond. So. Because we saw him that day. It's like, you're kidding. You saw, you saw those five snaps and we're like, yeah, we got to see more of that guy. But yeah, seriously though, like if if you see the Broncos take 
another position at nine and then quarterbacks do go like 11 and 12 or whatever. Are, are you going to be upset? Because again, Broncos fans want a quarterback. No, I at think the you moment, kind of want no. that. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You want three or four, I think, to go and to give you a shot when you come back around in round two. Yeah, you're just hoping that there's only three that go, so you get your pick of those next three or two or whatever's right. left. Yeah, I mean, what are you, what are you looking at? It's a four tier class at this point with that top tier: Pickett, Corral, Howell, Ritter. Four, mm-hmm. four QB top tier. Willis five. Willis, yeah. With Carson Strong five. right there too. Okay. Well, shit. Yeah, there you go. And I, I mean, yeah. we basically feel fine about any of those guys at sixty, right? Definitely. Or at forty. Oh yeah. You feel just as good about like the sixth on that list at forty as you do the first one at eleven. Absolutely. And the other thing is, like, number six might be Malik Willis, who to me would be the most fun quarterback. That doesn't mean he'd be the right pick, but I do think most fun. Um, The thing is, there's traits you like about all these guys, right? Like athleticism, strong arm, various things. But also, I don't think there's any quarterback you're sitting here where it's, you know, if we miss out on this guy, we're missing out on Andrew Luck. You know, we're missing out on it could happen. Maybe somebody flashes way more than we anticipate, but. At this point, I just don't think there's yeah. a rush, I guess, to, to force one of these quarterbacks into the top 10 if, if the talent just isn't there. And we all agreed, just again for new listeners, none of these guys would be top five in last year's quarterback class. Like They're, they're competing to be number six out of the past two years. Um, mm-hmm. My pick, though. All about the next QB class, man, once we get to start talking about Bryce Young and Ohio and, State and some of these guys, it's going to be fun. That's where a trade down would be a lot of fun. Just pick up another first next year if you can. Use that as ammo sure. to get up because there's some good ones next year. But uh, number 13, though, I've got the Browns. Um, you know, this is this is another interesting quarterback one, but I did, they're, they're, they've got to run it back with Baker. You can't pull the trigger on that. Uh, to me, uh, I think that this is where I go N'Kobe Dean. Um, looking for impact players. Uh, I know they, they got JOK last year, but I, I like the idea of giving him a partner right there and building kind of a, a, a core in the middle of that defense. A couple of guys who can stop the run, a couple of guys who can blitz and do all those sorts of things. What do you think? I like, I like it. I mean, um, he, him falling out of the top 15 would feel wrong. Yeah. That, that defense is already very, very fast. Uh, you add N'Kobe Dean, probably one of, if not the fastest mm-hmm. sideline to sideline linebacker in this class. Um, that defense is getting really, really good as we keep moving forward. Would Jordan Davis have been a better pick? No. Um, Thank you. I, th- I think he certainly fits in here. I mean, that's an absolutely monstrous defensive line rotation mm-hmm. if you get him in there. Um, you know, it is uh, a nice bodyguard for Miles Garrett. Yep. Yeah. All of Jadavion us Clowney playing well on the other side. You know, I love talking about math on the D line. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, <laughs> who you're gonna double? The guy who's six six three fifty five, or uh, you know, the LeBron of the NFL, the defensive player of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah figure it out. Like, <laughs> well, and maybe maybe guys. that's why they're hoping Devin Lloyd drops. Then you got another kind of more blitzy, edgy type. I know you kind of have those edges, but I don't know. I, I do think but he's more versatile than that. You can slide him inside. You know, he just gives mm-hmm. you so much flexibility there. Kobe Dean from uh, Georgia, by the way, missed that again. Hank, I will say you're looking for criticism on your picks. This uh-huh. felt lined up perfectly to take wide receiver one off the board and Ooh. get like insane <laughs> value at 13. 
Because you yeah, know, but- Land Landry's old. Mm-hmm. Um, OBJ's gone. Obviously, like you do need an injection. Yeah, like their most talented wide receivers were their tight ends by the end of the season. Yep. And then and then you can say we're we're giving Baker a fair chance here, see if he can make it happen. But yeah, I do think that's a good point. The reason I don't though is because I'm kind of struggling. Like with Jamison Williams hurt, that that changes the equation for me just a little bit here i'd have drake london as wide receiver one and honestly i think that he's probably a good fit with baker right like somebody who's six foot five basketball player on the basketball team at usc let him go up and grab some of these deep balls on these bootlegs not a bad idea um but yeah i know no you're right the injuries make it so that while it feels like there's tremendous wide receiver to pounce or tremendous value to pounce on a wide receiver here you're going to get a stud to drop by like the end of the first. Even the second. For sure. By, by the Broncos 40th pick. Once again, the best value will be at wide receiver. Like it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. But and that's just the world, world we live in now. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, 44 for the Browns probably go receiver and maybe even again after that too. Well, right, Paul, on that. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, um, yeah, on that, I'm going to take a receiver here. here. I'm going to take uh, Traylon Burks, actually. Um, the reason why I'm taking him is I think he – there's all sorts of reasons to love uh, Jameson and Drake London and all these guys. But I think just Burks fits that Ravens mold in terms of his versatility. Uh, you can use him in the backfield, use him in reverses, uh, out of the slot, out wide. Um, he's not exactly the most polished, but he's massive. He's 6'3", 220. Uh, extremely fast, a big play machine can really, he catches everything in his zip code um, needs to work Nick on like, the finer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's what exactly. Right? Right? Yeah. So um, yeah, not exactly the most technically sound right now, but I don't think you need to be if uh, I mean, the Ravens drafted Bateman last year, they've got some guys in Marquise Brown and Watkins. Um, I think it's just an upgrade over that gadget that you have in Duvernay right now. I love that fit. I think I think that's the kind of place where you want to see this this type of player go. Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I don't know if I said that, by the way. No, Arkansas. He's kind of like offensive Devin Lloyd, like mm-hmm. kind of two birds, uh, one stone because of mm-hmm. that running ability and stuff, which is really intriguing in this offense, as you guys both mentioned. Similar to Visca in some ways. Right. It's a little bit bigger, sure. a little bit faster, mostly faster Visca. Without the injury concern coming in, or at least yep. the history of it. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly at 15. Edge corner. This could be Linderbaum territory, maybe. I don't know. That feels not very sexy, but he, dude's a well, stud. Quarterback. And just, yeah. Quarterback for sure. Kelsey back did just get all pro, but he is getting up there. One thing you know is they don't need more speed at wide receiver. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's what we think. Maybe maybe they think they're one away. It's all going to work out. They just get one more speed threat. What would you guys think about Ahmad Gardner here? Nice yeah. like an Eagles pick. Nice pick. It feels yeah. like an Eagles pick. Or Andrew Booth, who's dropped. I was going to say, if you wanted to go off the reservation on us, the, the off the reservation pick here is Trey McBride. The versatility of that offense, how they recommitted to the run game, what the different elements Hurts brings. They got rid of of Ertz. 
O-line does have some decent pieces. McBride would, if you were to go offense and strictly need, Trey would be, no, it's 15th overall. Okay, so take that with what. Well, we're going Trey McBride now. Now that it's on the table, it's not like you can't even take it out of the universe. So like it's Trey McBride, 15, baby. And it's not, look, that's probably a little early for Trey McBride. I think after 20, between 20 and 32 is probably more realistic. But he would fit perfectly in this system. There's a couple of teams I look at: uh, New York, the the Jets, the the Packers, Philly, where I just think he he fits in really well with what they're trying to do. Um, God, that's fun, and I want to be the guy that that gets to take Trey. So I'm taking him at 15 overall <laughs> to uh, Philly. He already looks good in green, and uh, we'll keep this rolling. But we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're a current customer, don't worry. Get in on the action with the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet $5. Win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Again, the promo code DNVR for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. New customers-only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, the, uh, the Broncos season is over, and that means that we don't get to uh, watch Pat Sertan anymore. We don't get to watch Justin Simmons do the things that he does, Javante Williams and, and his kind of breakout. Um, we don't get to go down to the stadium. But you know what the worst part of the Broncos season being over is? What is it? No more sexy pizza at Broncos oh. tailgates. That was like the best part of every week. You go out there. I'm typically pretty drunk. I, I finished a season actually, uh, what? I think 17 and one in my last two weeks at beer pong. So it was getting pretty, pretty heavy there at the end. But, but that meant that I just got to pound some of that sexy pizza that we have at those tailgates. And it's just so good. Um, I'm going to have to start getting more of that because I'm, I'm going to miss it. Uh, they've, they've been a part of the Denver community for 13 years. They make their dough from scratch. It's it's hand-tossed pizza. It's just unbeatable. They've got philanthropies. The way that works is different nonprofits from Colorado make their own pizzas. Not, not make them, but design them or tell you what's on them. And then you pick those and a portion of the profits go to uh, the whatever nonprofit that is. So much cool stuff. You can check it all out at www.sexy.pizza and... Uh, Again, they've got all the different sides, all the different toppings. The knots are incredible. Garlic knots they've are got, fire. They're so good. Uh, the, the vegan options, gluten-free crust, all that stuff. And they've got four locations in Denver, plus a new location in Trinidad. So go to www.sexy.pizza and check all that out. The Trinidad location, it's open, by the way. We need a confirmation on that last time. So our, our uh, Trinidad fam, get out there, support Sexy Pizza. You mm-hmm. will not regret it. All right, Philly, Trey McBride, 15, shocking the world, making Ram Nation so proud. Justin doing cartwheels in his living room because Trey McBride went 15 overall. But the Eagles have back-to-back picks. They are up. And where are they going with the second one, Dre? I feel like we really need to go offensive tackle. And I feel like uh, 
it's small school offensive tackle, though you certainly do have some really intriguing cornerback options. Um, gosh, you going penning here? Right in the face. Penning, man, this uh, is a Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. God, that guy's incredible, dude. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Um, man, it does feel like there's some appeal, though, at the inside O-line. Um, obviously, the interior D-line's been monstrous. They got Kenyon Green still sitting there. Oh, man. Yeah. The dude I like most is Trayvon Walker. Um, does feel you, like you pair him with Fletcher Cox and some of the other interior D linemen they've got. You could have something special. Derek Barnett on the other side. Well, we talked about that before when Philly was dominant and they made that Super Bowl run. Everybody talks about Nick Foles, 100%. but it was Chris Long and that defensive line and getting mm-hmm. after the quarterback that made all that possible. And shout out to that defensive line coach, Chris Wilson, the D- defensive coordinator at Colorado now. Let's go Trayvon Walker. I like that. Love McBride it. Walker, that's a solid. Uh, that's a two solid dudes offer. that you don't want to go up against in practice. That's two dudes I want to see go up against each other in training camp. Right. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, me now. We've got uh, the Chargers at seventeen. I I don't know. I try to get creative here. I, I was even thinking like this is where you could go take a receiver. Like Keenan Allen is is going to be almost done. They've kind of plugged different guys in, but then it's like, are, are we really upgrading the passing offense in the first round? Is that is that the move? And what I decided was you got to take one of these cornerbacks. You've got Andrew Booth still sitting right there. You've got Ahmad Gardner sitting right there. Just just get this secondary up. What what are what are they thinking out there? They're thinking we got to beat Kansas City. And uh, you know, I was also tempted just to say like you're taking Gabe Burkich, the kicker from Oklahoma. And it's like, no, we have to keep this a little bit serious and not just spite the Chargers. So, so we're going we're gonna to go Ahmad Gardner. We're going Ahmad Gardner here. I will say their run D was terrible. So maybe Jordan Davis could be a guy, especially at, you know, just sitting there at 17. But I, I love Ahmad Gardner. Oh, so versatile. Oh, yeah. That'd be a nightmare scenario if uh, Jordan Davis ends up going to the Chargers. Um, on to New Orleans, right? Yes. Um, Man, I absolutely love this. This is probably my favorite fit we've done so far. But Kenny Pickett's sitting there, and Sean Payton has a glaring hole at quarterback. Um, Kenny Pickett, quarterback for Pittsburgh, he he's an older prospect. I think he's like going to be 23 or 24 as a rookie. Yep. Um, but in my opinion, I think he's got the best feel for the position mm-hmm. out of all the other prospects. Um, he processes quickly. He's got a deep ball. He's athletic. Um, again, it's just the age and then some injury issues that have popped up every now and then, um, you know, you kind of have the Jameis Taysom thing going, so he doesn't need to step in right away. I think he's a nice project in that regard too, but I wouldn't be surprised too, if he ends up being the best quarterback, uh, immediately, as soon as he's drafted for this quarterback room, uh, this would be a ton of fun. Yeah. John I mean- Payton has shown a willingness to go with some of those quarterbacks that kind of fall out of conventional line of thinking. So obviously not the not the same situation as Taysom Hill, but I don't think age is going to scare Sean Payton off the same way that maybe other organizations. They drafted Garrett Grayson, you know, coming out of Colorado State with a third round pick, a guy who is also you know older, coming out in the process. Didn't work out, but Kenny Pickett definitely feels like a, a Sean Payton pick, and the value is is certainly there at eighteen. Yeah, and I mean, you saw him succeed with Breeze, who maybe didn't have elite tools, but an elite mind, right? 
you're playing in a dome. So the hand size and ability to zip it through weather is going to concern you less. And we just saw a veteran coach really make it work with the more, uh, the most pro ready quarterback of last year's class with that Belichick Mac Jones combo. Could Sean Payton, Kenny Pickett be a similar combination? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yep. And that's what I was going to say. It, it just feels a lot like Mac Jones last year. And you're just like, ah, we know how this plays out. Kenny Pickett is going yeah. to be just fine. Whether he winds up being like the all pro quarterback, who knows? Like that's on him to, to make those sorts of plays, but, but he'll at least be serviceable at the very least. Yeah. You can kind of hear the rest of the league, especially the NFC South, kind of take a big gulp after that pick, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, the Saints are back. Yeah. And I mean, like the Panthers passed on the guy. Now you're right. gonna have to play against them. <laughs> well, shit, Atlanta yep. too, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, I rare for me to pat us on the back. Love this mock and how it's shaping up. Mm-hmm. Great kind of mix of uh, unpredictability and and surprises. Maybe positions you didn't expect to drop a little more, but it's because those are the deeper positions, or maybe there's not a consensus at the top. This is uh this is playing out quite fun. Lucia is bringing the vibes. She is. She is. <laughs> um, now, now it's Billy again. Yeah. yeah. Trey McBride, Trayvon Walker, stop. tight end and an edge. Now what? Jake, where are they going? Um, I just took Pickett. This is you, my man. Oh, that's no, it's you're right. It's me, huh? <laughs> I, I feel like they got to go things. defense now. Maybe somebody in the secondary. We still yeah. got booths, man. Yeah, I was gonna say we got booths yeah. in there. I think this is as far as he realistically would fall. So I'm gonna go Andrew Booth there. Add a nice piece to the secondary. You've already added a versatile edge rusher, the best tight end in the class. You're just you're you're loading up on value here. Not necessarily the sexiest picks by Philly, but three guys that are gonna come in and immediately make an impact for you. And and that's what you need because this was a playoff team. You know, I know quarterback aside, they don't feel like they're that far away. Go out, add some talent, and you can be competitive in the NFC East right away, especially <clears> with the questions you know surrounding the Giants, Washington, and even Dallas to an extent. I mean, who knows what's moving forward? It always feels like it's just a circus there. So if you could add a, a player like Booth to Philly, I, I love it. Well, well, look, this team, I feel like they've kind of created the most noise for you know the Russell Wilsons, the Deshaun Watsons, the kind of being more aggressive. Um, in fixing their quarterback situation, not necessarily drafting and developing and kind of just being patient with it. It feels like they're kind of primed to make a move. And honestly, the way that these picks shake out in this, I mean, you have three picks in this five pick uh, range from 15 to 19. That just kind of feels like that's not really going to happen. Um, I'd more kind of lean to at least one of those picks being traded in one of those moves or something like that. What are you looking for in a trade if you're them? Like, cause I, this obviously, like, when you have this many picks here, the first thought is you trade up, but like, it's a team with a bunch of holes and, and doesn't need a quarterback. Like, I almost think that they, they move one of these and try to pick up capital for next year and just, just spread it out and maybe use that to get up if Hertz doesn't work out. I mean, I think they do need a quarterback. That's the thing. Right? You do. I mean, yeah. shit, that RPO offense. I, I've never seen an offense look more out of place in an NFL playoff setting. Um, and yes, I do remember the Tebow era. Um, you <laughs> know, that's, what, like, that's what you compare it to, right? Like that can work mm-hmm. for 12 games. Right. You can hide all your offensive deficiencies and, you know, do some quirky stuff for a little bit. But as soon as, you know, like New England did against Tebow in that second round of the playoffs, as soon as they figure it out, you're so one dimensional. 
Hertz just looked so ineffective in the pocket. He couldn't stretch the field on you. They they really had him flustered. I love the dude. One of my favorite college football players to watch in, in the last 20 years. But yeah, I, I do think they're in position where you need to get a more long-term solution at QB. Well, look, I mean, they, this year. well, to that point, I think, I mean, they traded for uh, Minshew last year, I think, and you only saw him a little bit uh, in 2021. Um you know, assuming that he's kind of at least in the fold moving forward, uh, I think that's, I mean, it's not the worst option in the world to like run it back with Hertz. And then if he really struggles and if this offense has really kind of been figured out by Tampa in that playoff game and the rest of the league takes note, at least you do have Minshew to kind of, uh, I don't want to say like he's a big boost to the passing game, but he, he does give the passing game a little bit of a boost, right? And, and he, Would you OB- trade two of these picks for Russ right now if you're Philly? Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think trade all three. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're, if, if you're sitting there with Gardner Minshew, it's like, can he go beat Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones a couple times? Give us a a chance to play off slate. Yeah. He can do that. Sure. Also, this is where we were talking about the range of where it'd be acceptable for the Broncos to trade down. Mm -hmm. And yet you still have Jordan Davis. You still have a, a couple blue chip O linemen granted more on the interior than, uh, the right tackle need you're trying to fill in Denver, but Kenyon Green, Tyler. The Lewis value makes more sense at 19 than it would be to go interior at nine. So right, I mean, yeah. and you know, like Pickett, Booth, Gardner are the guys who's just just went all definite targets for the Broncos mm-hmm. in a potential trade down. So like, uh, this is the range. There's still a couple appealing guys, but yeah, you're talking around that late teens to 22. And then we are, there just is going to be more of a drop-off. Outside of the wide receivers, a lot of these guys are going to feel closer to the talent you would find in the early second Mm -hmm. than what you were looking at at the end of the top 10. Would you have any interest in packaging your second-round picks and moving up to this point? Sure, man. You have so many, you have what, four day two picks, five day two picks? Um, I don't know. I mean it's kind of getting to that situation where you only have so many roster spots. You're going to have free agency. You're going to have some guys to resign. Um, You know, I I get kind of accumulating picks and just throwing darts at the dartboard just to try and be better. But also you could kind of get a guaranteed product if you just trade up some of those picks. Yeah. I, I still probably wouldn't, but I could see the argument for sure. Especially if you like Sam Howell and then you think he's quarterback one and he's still sitting there. But he's a guy that could be there at 40, you know, so it's just one of those, if you sit tight, you know, you might just end up with him or Ritter anyways. And then at that point, probably not worth his, are any of these guys so much better than the other one that they're worth, you know, trading multiple picks to get one over the other. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Number Uh, 20 though, Pittsburgh, the Steelers, they need a quarterback. feel like they could use some talent in the secondary. I like what they've got in that front seven. Ah, uh, they could use a receiver, I think, too, potentially. Um, you know, I could see Pittsburgh taking a flyer on Jamison Williams. They've had success with guys, you know, that can really burn down the field. Or, you know, Drake London, just go get a big possession receiver. Somebody that's really sure-handed for whoever their quarterback ends up being next year. I would assume it's not Mason Rudolph, but <laughs> I guess I guess we'll have to see. Um, I'm going to go Drake London. Mm. You just picked Andrew Booth. Yes, you did. Oh, you're right. You're right. 
Um, I would have gone with one of the interior O linemen. You know, you do have cool. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, um, and that defense, as good as they were, and made the playoffs. You know, they weren't dominant. T.J. Watt had the quietest twenty sack season in NFL history. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I dropped the ball on that one. I went out of turn and I probably didn't go best value. So that's my (laughs) uh, quarterback (laughs) intriguing. There's just, um, they're a hard team to figure out. I see them more as a court veteran quarterback market Mm -hmm. team. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gone quarterback. I think, I mean, shit, I think Drake London's a steal, but they feel, I mean, like Tyler Lindenbaum to the Steelers, like match made in heaven. Um, Cool. Well, let's, let's give them Linderbaum then if that's who you want. Can we change the pick? We can. Sounds good to me. I mean, we aren't. It doesn't matter what the website says. Um, I like it, and I also have pick twenty-one, and I particularly like it because the Patriots have that pick, and I wanted to give them Drake London, and so this kind of fits here perfectly. Um, okay. The Over Jamison uh, Williams. Then that was the, the conversation. Connect? I with Jamison Williams there, like coming off the injury, probably falling because he's coming off the injury. He feels like a pretty Patriots pick, right? Where they just say, this is this is a really good football player. What are you guys thinking? Plus the Bama-Saban connection. I kind of like that too. And the Mac Jones connection. So so I guess I'm really rethinking this. But I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. It's Drake London. Um, somebody who can go down the field. Because again, I mean, that's, that's what... If Mac Jones turns out to be a good quarterback and not just like, a, oh yeah, sure, you can put him in there. It's going to be because of the deep balls. It's going to be because he's hitting on those. Think back to like Derek Carr, the year that people were like, oh, he might be an MVP. And so I think that Drake London can do that. But also, they played him in the slot quite a bit. And he was, he was picking up 11 catches a game, 88 catches in eight games before he got hurt. I think that there's a chance that they can fit him in there. And he's just a monster in the middle of the field doing that. Um, so I'm, I'm sticking Drake London here. All right. If you're lost, we just flipped them. Pittsburgh. They went Linderbaum, the center at 20 Drake London goes to 21 goes to new England. The Pats add themselves a receiver mm-hmm. All right, 22. We've got the Raiders. Jake, where are you going? Man. Um, Um, well, you know, uh, I hate to bring him up, but you know, Henry Rugg was a big part of that offense and losing him, I think was a huge loss just overall. Um, you got Jamison Williams sitting there. I know he's got the ACL and that was unfortunately very late in the process. So I don't know if he will be ready, uh, come September, but I think that's just what they need. I think Derek Carr is good enough, uh, for the meantime, uh, the defense was actually really surprisingly pretty good, especially the pass rushers um, and just overall up the middle. Um, I'd consider, you know, maybe McCreary at cornerback, uh, maybe Jordan Davis here. Uh, but Jamison Williams, I think, is just too obvious of, of a fit. I totally I mean, that agree. offense was way less dynamic once Ruggs you know, went out of the right. picture. They did kind of figure it out again late and were able to kind of compensate with some of the stuff that they were doing with Renfro in particular. But as, as crafty as Renfro is, he's not Jamison Williams. And when you can put Jamison Williams on the outside and then let, you know, create those opportunities high and low with those two dudes, it's, it's just going to be right. so hard to cover, especially you got Darren Waller at tight end and Jacobs can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like it's just a lot of options for a really underrated quarterback. So I think that that's a great pick. 
and it's the Raiders with the, the fastest receiver in the draft. Exactly. Yeah. Like that is that History. is what they yeah. do. They could have Henry Ruggs. They could have whoever else there too. And if if Jamison Williams is sitting there, they are taking Jamison Williams. Yeah, it I feels do, like the rare like do over, right? Like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruggs' criticism was he he was lacking the production. Jamison Williams has that in spades. Do want to pose this question because we are in the AFC West. I'll allow a little more time on this pick. If Jim Harbaugh and probably Vic Fancho um, are head coach and DC, mm-hmm. do you stand by this pick? The, is there a pick that feels more Harbaugh-y at this spot? I think Harbaugh leans into being the Raiders. I, I think that you could get behind, like Harbaugh being like, yeah, this yeah. is our guy who's like, we're, we're going to be a fast offense where we're not going to be one of these ground and pound teams. Like the NFL is going away. And I think that he has to recognize the way the NFL is going and also build around Derek Carr. To that point, though, I think you have a pretty decent interior guy in Kenyon Greens in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs is battled with injuries at time, but he can really be a bell cow. Um, and that's Jim Harbaugh to the team, man. High formation, play action, right up the middle. And Jordan Davis still just staring us in the face mm-hmm. at, at this point, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, don't don't forget how huge Justin Smith was for that defensive front right. in San Francisco and taking up those double teams and freeing up Alden Smith. And what could Jordan Davis be for Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby? So um, mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that out because I think it's an interesting topic. Yeah. 23, the Arizona Cardinals, who came out hot and crashed and burned dramatically. Um, I feel like I have a really hard time getting a read for what the direction of this team, especially defensively, is going to be. Um, I don't know if Vance Joseph's still going to be around or not. Even offensively, it kind of feels like they're all over the place. They just don't really do a good job of... Like they built this really unique team and then they try to do all this weird stuff that doesn't fit to their skill set. It doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, I, I'm on I'm I'm just gonna go to you guys. I don't I don't know, maybe just go best player available here and add somebody like Jordan Davis or Kenyon Green. What or are where we do you looking see at more on the D line here, Henry? Um I haven't Jordan Davis, it. obviously. Yeah. Um oh yeah. But that feels like that feels like an area like, you know, you're trying to find that that full-time J.J. Watt. And obviously you're not quite going to find that at this pick, but that might be where you want to mess around. Yeah, a guy like Cam Tom. Uh, That's Tom. what I was going to throw out. Cam Thomas's draft stock has really seemed to be shooting up of late. He was a beast yeah. at San Diego State. I got to watch him the last couple of years. I do like Drake Jackson as well. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to go Cameron Thomas, though, because I think Cameron Thomas is a little bit more versatile than Drake Jackson is against the run. Um, Thomas is just a really complete player, and and Jackson's really good, too. But, um, yeah, Cameron Thomas, SDSU, ends up in Arizona, already got the Southwest fit, you know, not a a long drive from San Diego to Phoenix. Fits well. Yeah, I love it. It yep. feels like he'd fit, you know, the the Gotsis, Derek Wolf, the mold of mm-hmm. those guys that were in Vance's front threes and that's kind of how i'd start rebuilding that um because you have a lot of pieces like the birds are really the you know the cards are really talented but especially in that back seven you know i I like a lot of those young pieces they're working with and who knows you know how healthy jj watt can stay in a 17 game season so just bringing on another young edge guy to develop i think makes a lot of sense for them 
Um, the Cowboys, number 24. Dre, where are you going? Man, the Cowboys really kind of fallen apart. Um, aside from Micah Parsons, I felt like their speed on defense really got exposed by the Niners and Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, sad watching guys like Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, and, and uh, you know, I mean, he just, fell and exposed him in that game. Yeah, just really feeling kind of out of place. So you wonder... You know, some of those guys who look so good in that run to the natty, like a Christian Harris, would he look nice to Mm -hmm. pair with Micah Parsons? Micah Parsons kind of last year's Devin Lloyd, right? So now Mm -hmm. he's that versatile piece. You give him kind of more of an anchor in the middle of that defense to pair with. Okay, now we're talking. Um, Or I'm looking at DBs, you know, like uh, some back-end town. Daxton Hill could definitely be in the mix here. Um, and you know, I don't think it'd be, this would be the range where Roger McCreary, the Auburn corner, Kair Elam, the Florida corner, Trent McDuffie, the Washington corner would all fit in. My daughter's telling me we need to go on a little walk around our living room. So I better get this pick out while I can. (laughs) I'm going Daxton Hill, baby. A guy who from all accounts should be a big riser. Uh, come testing and everything. And I see Jake, our Michigan man, uh, nodding his head. So he likes this one and I'm on board as well. Though. He feels yeah, hard by you too, by the way, since, since we were just on that conversation, mm-hmm. I almost threw him out, but then it felt too obvious just being the Michigan guy. But I mean, other than Kyle Hamilton, probably the most rangy safety um, in this class, um, a guy that was a huge recruit uh, came in and, you know, he was big time when he came and committed to Michigan. Um, that kind of felt like the turning of the tide for that program overall. Maybe yeah. a good example of why, although talented, if you're Denver and Kyle Hamilton sitting there, you know, if, if you do consider trading back, you know, there is a guy like Daxton Hill, if safety is that position that you're looking to add, and you don't want to do a top 10, you know, you get Daxton Hill sometime between 19 and 25 ish, like, I could see that working out pretty well. Um, Cincinnati, the Bengals finally won a playoff game. We'll see if they can win another one. It feels like they got to get an offensive tackle at some point. I mean, Burrow just can't keep taking hits like this, but is the value still there at 25? It's tough to say. It'd be like offensive tackle four, I think at this point, but. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the tough part. I mean, the question here is like, what do you do to help Joe Burrow and the receivers I think are set. You got Jamar Chase, Tyler Board, T. Higgins. Don't don't waste time there. Maybe pick somebody up in the second or third or whatever. Um, Joe Mixon at running back. I think you like that, and for that reason, I think the offensive line is tempting. Like, see if you can help him out and protect Joe Burrow. Uh, that would make some sense to me. You got Jordan Davis sitting right there. That's also tempting. Like, see if you can help out Trey Hendrickson on the edge a little bit. You've already got DJ Reader inside, so you, so you could get a big bulky front. Um, uh, Kenyon Green is is going to be the move though um, from Texas A and M. He uh, he's he played right tackle at Texas A and M. Typically seen as more of a guard in the <laughs> NFL, um, but good value here. I think I think you can try him at tackle. It's Zachy tempting. Taylor's to- offense, you're a believer. Uh, no, I'm not a believer in Zach Taylor's offense, but I'm a believer in the talent that is there, and I think that it's going to work out just fine and he's going to be able to dodge these bullets because of Joe Burrow and all them at least for a while 
Well, at 25, I think he's at least worth taking a flyer on. I mean, it's not like you're making that argument at eight or something like that. You know, worst case, you got yourself a starting card. Best case, he does pan out at tackle and nobody just saw it coming. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. Famously, Um, one of the most underpaid scouting departments in all of professional sports. So a a classic team who might really be using the draft network simulator like we do and be like, (laughs) oh, great value on Kenyon Green or Jordan Davis. He's number eight, guys. We're getting him at 25. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like that's what the owners will be hearing about. Like, bro, the simulator gave us an A plus on this pick. They're like, all right. Yeah. And then all the, the, the mock draft guys, like the draft graders are going to be like, oh, wow, they really came away with some great value in this draft. And then you get they into the season, that it's like, oh, year. won the offseason, didn't matter. <laughs> like, they, they took your year. picks because they have no resources. Congrats. Like, yeah, of course right. you like their picks. <laughs> uh, real, real quick on Cincinnati, though, one of the gambling podcasts I listened to, they throw in like EPA and all this like stuff out there. And the Bengals were throughout this whole season, been one of the worst defenses in like the intermediate to deep middle parts of the field. Um, So for that reason, um, I I totally get the protecting Burrow and taking uh, Kenyon Green. But I just wanted to throw out, you know, maybe they look at someone like Christian Harris or like a Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia, uh, just getting a presence in the middle of that defense, I think might be something of interest to them. D-line and front seven really fell off with some injuries towards the second half of the year. Also, as crazy as maybe Justin's lit Trey McBride pick feels, this feels like a bit of his floor. Like if he was around to be inserted yeah. into this offense with that receiving core, that run game, yikes, forget about it. Man. Yep. And, and again, cause he can protect Burrow too. You're having issues. You keep him in the block. You, you want to help out Joe Mixon, keep him in the block. And that's, I mean, that's what makes a tight end worth drafting in the first round. All right. I'm very um, excited about the thought of Joe Burrow throwing touchdowns to Trey McBride and what that could look like. Yeah. I will say, would rather wear an Eagles jersey than a Bengals jersey, though. If and there's we're definitely like pure aesthetic. There's a safety to drafting a tight end here. Like your tight end that you draft to work with Joe Burrow, he's gonna pan out. Like like mm-hmm. there's a chance that you, you draft Jordan Davis and he busts or whatever. You're not gonna have that issue if you take a tight end here. I don't think. Do we see a reality where Weidermeyer and McBride both go first round? Um, I could see it. Um, I think I said it a few weeks ago. It wouldn't, it actually wouldn't surprise me to see Watermeyer go over McBride, even though I do mm-hmm. think McBride is better just because I think Watermeyer may end up testing better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of just, he's long and lanky, man. He kind of looks more like Kyle Pitts and is, uh, I guess I, I don't want to say more athletic than Trey McBride, but he does more Kyle it's a Pitts different things. type of athleticism. Yeah. Exactly. He just looks um, like a horse. Like he's just yeah. big and strong and muscular. And you're just like, holy cow. I mean, I obviously was down on the field with him before that CU game. It's just like, that's it, you can tell when somebody's like destined for the next level. And he absolutely right. is. Yeah, he definitely right. has the body type. I don't know. I was yep. just curious. Miami is up number 26. Jake, you're on the clock. Who are they going? Um, well, it looks like Tua's going to survive another year with uh, Chris Greer surviving the power struggle between him and Flores. Um, Another team really depends on who they hire, obviously, but um, just given the information we have right now, I think you get great value taking Garrett Wilson here. Um, you really beef up that receiving core. You, I mean, the GM is obviously a two a guy. Um, I think he's going to try and soup up the supporting cast around him, um, especially if Kenyon Green's gone the pick before here. I think that may have been uh, exactly where I've gone, but 
Um, regardless, Garrett Wilson, just a guy that can help out short, intermediate, and long. Um, Tua, of course, works better in those short to intermediate areas, those quick RPO throws. Uh, him or Olave really, I think, fit that mold. Uh, I'll just take Wilson here for the for the sake of the pick. I, uh, I'm a little disappointed by that because I have the chiefs pick here in a couple minutes and that's where we were going with the chiefs. I think that's uh, a good pick there. <laughs> they need targets, right? I mean, Jalen Waddle had a great season. I think very quietly people didn't realize the type of production he was able to put up, but a lot of those receivers that they've signed over the years just <clears throat> have not panned out. Excuse me. Um, you, you add a guy like Wilson, who's just immediately, you know, can come in and you know, catch 70 balls for you. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but sure-handed, really versatile. You can put them all over the field like that guy. Buffalo with the 27th pick. Again, kind of like last year when we were doing them, they just feel like a team where they're so solid on both sides of the football. You know, you can just kind of add a really talented guy to the mix and and hope that it plays out. I'm just going to throw it out there. Between Kenneth Walker feeling like far and ahead the best <laughs> running back of the class mm. and how glaring of a need they have. I mean, right now in the playoffs, they have to run Josh Allen. They have to run the future of the franchise at 23 or they won't survive playoff football in Buffalo or Arrowhead or Foxborough. Like the places you got to play in the AFC in January and February ain't like cupcakes. You need to have a run game. I could totally see this being a justifiable Kenneth Walker pick honestly would have said the same about Miami's last pick as well with ETN is sitting there though, too. I wonder what they think they have in Miami, but yeah, the other thing with the bills, he's, not in, that Jacksonville. This, he's in Jacksonville. Yeah. Florida, whatever. Um, but, uh, you, <laughs> I could also see the bills just going with, uh, multiple running backs later on just saying like we're taking one and we're taking spiller in the second we're taking anaya smith you, you pair the two of them together again like i i do think running back though is a big let, let me tell you guys who the pick here is uh big jordan davis is yeah. still sitting here at 27th overall and you've got brandon bean a guy who is from carolina you have already an insane rotation with Mm-hmm. Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, Jerry Hughes, AJ Epinesa, Starla Tulele, Mario Addison. Holy cow, man. If you had Jordan Davis to this bunch, um, is anyone going to be able to block this front? And it's Buffalo. Like this, like Buffalo going for a defensive lineman. Like, I love it. Well, my counter to the run game is that now they got to play in the playoffs in Buffalo and they got to try running the ball on big Jordan Davis. So have fun with that. I'm going with Jordan Davis. That's where my gut was. I almost switched over to Kenneth Walker because I think Dre's logic is spot on. And literally their only running game is Josh Allen, you know, risking it all and going downhill. But I'm going to, I'm going to go Jordan Davis just because I don't want a world where he potentially falls out of the first round. Mm Mm-hmm. Dre, the Detroit Lions, their second pick. Feels like we got to take a swing on one of the higher upside guys in this class at quarterback, Malik Willis, Sam Hell, Carson Strong. Feels, feels like Detroit. it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Carson yeah. Strong oh. in a dome is intriguing. I will Dan, say that. Dan oh, okay. Campbell does come from the one front office that was willing to, you know, pay Taysom Hill. The one coaching staff, mm-hmm. an offensive coaching staff that was willing to pay Taysom Hill a bunch. 
they are in a dome, <laughs> but they do, you know, they have to play in some, you know, the black and blue. You got to go to Soldier yeah. Field and Lambeau twice, you know, both those places once a year. Being that you play in a dome, and look, man, I've said this before on this podcast, and I don't want to end up being the Jared Goff guy, but no. I really don't think he was the issue last year. Um, and, you know, you want to talk about a bridge quarterback to kind of get you – I don't think this Lions team, whoever they draft uh, at second overall or here, is really going to change the trajectory of this franchise yet. So I, I think rolling with Goff another year isn't that bad of an idea. True. They're going to get another high pick next year. Oh, 100%. 100%. And they seem invested in uh, in Campbell. So that's actually a front office or, you know, some decision makers that don't feel the pressure of like, okay, I got to draft the next quarterback. So I'm buying myself mm-hmm. a little more time. Well, they got um, the new GM last year too. So, yeah. Plus, I mean, you're, you have another pick at 34 and the picks between there are the Chiefs the Bucks, the Titans, the Packers, and the Jags. And unless Brady retires, those are all teams that already have quarterbacks. Sure. Um, oh, you know, I'm going to go Darren Kennard. Interior offensive line feels like a culture pick. Um, and, yeah, the Kentucky right tackle who probably <laughs> will be converted. Man, Zion Johnson from – Boston College there, too. Very intriguing. Um, yeah, that just feels like a Lions building block. So, Yep, I like it. It does feel right, and it feels – they just need to be tougher. I've got the Chiefs here at 29. Um, let's see. I think you just got to go receiver. Like, that. the fact that that offense wasn't any better with Patrick Mahomes is just insane. Uh, we're going Pickens, and he's – Oh, nice. Yeah, he's good. He's going to oh, well. be. I, I like that one. I thought you'd go like from John Georgia. Dodson. Pickens, <laughs> great pick. He's one of the three studs with injury mm-hmm. concerns at wide receiver with Williams and Drake London. I, kind of, I mean, 29 is probably the range of where he should go. It's yeah. And, and I think he would be top 10 if he wasn't hurt all year. Mm hmm. Well, shoot, man. He missed the whole year, comes back in the natty and has an incredible. Uh, deep play. I mean, I know it's yep. only one play. I don't want to read too much into it, but I mean, this is a highly touted recruit too. This isn't just some some guy off the street. And mm-hmm. it seems like the Chiefs wide receiver two position has really been their weakest um, position, maybe on the entire team. I mean, they're bringing in Josh Gordon and stuff, man. Yeah. And and then um, it was only one play, but it's the biggest play of the game. I'll for say sure. that. And then you flipped. get to let Mikkel yeah. Hardman and Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, those guys compete for number three. And that is way more mm-hmm. comfortable. Right. Um, All right. I like it. Pickens lands with the Chiefs at 29. Now we go to Tampa at 30, Tampa Bay. Could they oh, bring man. in a young quarterback that you try and develop under Brady? Um, you know, I do kind of like that. I just don't really know if Howell is strong, really kind of fit the mo i would say maybe howell over strong but I, I even then that doesn't excite me necessarily um i don't know what do you guys think i i probably wouldn't go quarterback here i mean if, if you're if you're competing for championships don't waste your time on the future yeah well, i wouldn't and they did go trask right last year right true right. yeah 
I, to me, the injuries at wide receiver and Antonio Brown leaving and uh, Godwin, who just hasn't really been the same with Brady, um, God, and Chris Olave, the most refined mm-hmm. route runner, like if there was ever a guy to try and extend Brady's window. It feels like Chris Olave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Olave. I just, I, Brady's obviously the big factor here. Who, too. I think we're, Mechie's there too. I'm, well, shoot, Dotson also. If you actually want to go for like a pure slot or someone yeah. that's uh, more, I don't want to say gimmicky, but more gadgety type. Yeah, sure. speedy. Mm-hmm. Or if, if Gronk is gone, then maybe you look at Weidermeyer too. Sure. Um, I'll take Olave though. That's how I'm going to go with. I like it. Another guy that's just too good to fall out of the first round. Um, Dre, pick 30. Oh, no, wait. This I'm all over the place. It's me. Pick 31, Tennessee. Um, Jesus, I can't count. I don't know, man. Like, How's this team even winning? It doesn't feel like they have <laughs> the premier talent these other like top seeds have, but they did it with all the injuries. I think more uh, active players than anyone, any roster in NFL history. What Mike Vrabel and his staff have done is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I could I could see a tight end working out well in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Trey McBride, a guy mm-hmm. I can see working out really well oh, in yeah. Tennessee, um, much more so than Weidermeyer, just with the blocking ability and all the options that that opens up off of the play action. <sighs> Defensively, I mean, Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State edge guy is sitting there. You could just go get a pass rusher and, and kind of mix it up. That's where I'm leaning right now. I don't. Trevor Penning, I guess the the offensive tackle. If you just want to go value and, and bring a guy in to develop on the outside, I do like Watermeyer here. Johnson feels like a good pick. Christian Harris, who we've mentioned on mm-hmm. a couple of these, feels like a, he feels uh, very very Mike Frabel. Mm-hmm. I like that. Let's go. Okay. Let's go, Christian Harris. Yep, I like it. And rounding out the first round. Where yeah. Mel Kuyper had Trey McBride going, Green Bay, number 32. Dre, what did the pack do? What a great defensive season. We just mentioned all the talent that remains at wide receiver on top of Devontae Adams facing um, you know, a contract extension. You guys have taken the top dudes off the board, but Dotson, Mechie, Still around, not to mention David, David Bell. Bell. Absolute <laughs> phenom this season. Um, Romeo Dubs is really good too. He's a dude that's going to flash at the Senior Bowl. I mean, we've we've really seen. Uh, you know, we've started to see Alan Lazard come around for them. It's intriguing, and then I mean, you just mentioned the Florida State edge, JJ, who's right there. You know, who'd be very intriguing at this pick. But I am gonna. Um, you know, that's kind of the Green Bay way. You draft, you develop, you lose that guy, you draft and develop another one. Um, and while David Bell feels very fitting, I'm going to go John Mechie, who I think uh, belongs in the first round and has an outstanding career and really fits this kind of program who wants someone who's NFL-ready. Also, they took Amari Rogers last year, right? So Mechie, Amari yeah. Rogers, don't mind that as kind of the future of that receiving core. And if you can, if you can lock down Devontae, which we'll have to see what happens there, Mechie and Devontae, that's a nice, it's a nice little one-two punch you have there. Um, I could see Green Bay in Weidermeyer territory as well. 
Rodgers is a guy who, when he's had a good tight end, he's relied on him. Um, you know, Weidermeyer is sitting there or like a Charlie Kohler from Iowa State, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think Mechie is a, a fun pick. And talent-wise, you worry about the injury, but when that dude's healthy, he's just he's good for 100 balls a season. You do have a... Um... Oh my God, I had his name. I lost it. Tunyon coming back though at tight end. Um, yeah, good point. So yeah. I, I don't know if he's exactly like a franchise cornerstone, but I mean, he scored like 10 touchdowns two years ago. Yep. Reliable red zone option. Not much of a blocker, um, but yeah, most tight ends aren't anymore. So right. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Ripple though, guys. Ripple is a fast acting, dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. With Ripple Dissolvables, you can make anything inedible. Flavorless Dissolvable Powders, Ripple Quick Sticks are the most convenient way to get the fastest THC. Just pour it on your tongue. Ripple products come in a variety of doses for whatever experience you're looking for. No sketchy science here. Ripple's speed and absorption were studied by Colorado State University Go Rams in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people. The results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. Where can you find Ripple? At Colorado's premier dispensary, of course. Lightshade. There's 10 convenient locations, soon to be 11, all throughout the Denver Metro and Aurora area. They offer something for everyone, from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. What's awesome is our podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items when you use the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com. Enter that code DNVR, head to the nearest Lightshade location near you, pick it up. If you have any trouble with that code, just tell the people at the counter. They'll pull it up. They will get that discount for you. Shout out to Lightshade. Um, I've recently switched over to there. It's it's a great dispensary, nice and clean, convenient, and they do great stuff. So go check it out. Go check out Ripple. Try out the best fast-acting dissolvable on the market. All right. The first round, guys, we maybe went a little bit long, but I think we we paced it well at the end there. Yeah. Got, let's see, That's eight more picks. Yeah, I mean it's, it's draft season. We're in it now. We're we're full on in draft mode. I know that right. the listeners are too. Jacksonville, pick number thirty-three. Hank, where are they going? Uh, there's a couple good options. I think. Um, you know, Lewis Seen. I think that that's uh, a potential pick here. Uh, the the, the Georgia safety. safety from Georgia. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean the Jags just don't have anybody at safety and they really don't have much at most of these positions. But I, I think that at this point you're still trying to help out Trevor Lawrence. Like yep. the number one thing for right now is just, you need Trevor Lawrence to be a good quarterback. Otherwise you're screwed. And uh, we're going Weidemeyer tight ends are a quarterback's best friend. I know that they're a little bit shallow at receiver, but I think there's more receiver options down the road here and, and not so many tight end options. Um, so Weidemeyer is basically a receiver anyways with the way that they're going to use him. You know, you're not gonna, you're not going to yep. use him in line blocking the way that you could if you took Trey McBride. So now that you're just giving him a big target to target in the red zone and ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, that's great for a young QB. Good pick. Yeah, I definitely. will say a team like that probably wants to try and move up in that 28 range where you still had Pickens Olave match yeah. that kind of tier. Yeah. And that really was like the difference and that like Jahan Dotson, he's good but Weidemeyer he will move the chains for you. And I just mm-hmm. feel like there's, there's a comfort to that when you have the options you have right now. Did Detroit you you picking again. Um, I just wanted to say, I mean, Watermeyer is just more of a move tight end. And like Justin, I think it was Justin that said, I mean, he's really a receiver. He's not like yeah. he, he's a tight end of course, but 
he's a he's a receiving threat nonetheless. Um, Detroit at thirty four, so we gave him uh, we gave him Aiden. Yep. And uh, Darian Kennard, right? Um, so, yes. Yep. Very good. Um, kind of reinforcing those trenches. I really like what Amon St. Broad, uh, St. Brown did okay. um, this year down the stretch. Um, but we, we talked about him a little bit. But David Bell, I think, is a guy that could really emerge as a, a primary target down the line. Um, he feels you know, like a Lions receiver. I don't know why. Like, I can just already see him in the helmet out there making plays. Mm-hmm. He's a little gritty. I think that's kind of what you're getting at there. But, I mean, I was a huge fan of Rondale Moore last year. Uh, David Bell might actually be better. So crazy. He feels like that classic Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, dude who does everything right. The tape is off the charts. But, you know, he doesn't have elite size, doesn't have elite speed, and then he comes into the NFL and he's just like a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, how do you, how'd this guy drop him? Was, well, he actually ran slower than Trey McBride. That's how he dropped Loaded wide receiver class. Can I tell you? Um, these guys pan out though. We see it every year. I mean, how many oh, of these second, third, fourth round receivers end up, you know, being guys that go for 1200 yards and, you know, nine touchdowns. So I value wise, I love Brown, that. Amon Ross St. Brown is prime example of that, man. Totally. Yeah. On totally. Detroit. Ojago and who was the second pick for the Jets that we already took? Uh, Charles, Charles Cross. Chris Cross. Charles Cross, yes. Tackle. So it's your turn, Justin. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson here just because I think he's too talented to pass up. You add an edge rusher to that Jets defense, which I already like a lot of the pieces. I'm I'm tempted to go Kyrie Elam as well, the corner out of Florida. Just yeah. again, you know, you can boost the secondary. That's a win. But I think I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson. Feels like we missed out on some wide receivers for the Jets here. Dotson's there. Dotson's there. Romeo Dubs. um, Justin Ross. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with Johnson and just go the value pick. All right. The other New York team, again, the Giants, pick number 36. Yeah, Giants kind of kicking themselves that you uh, stole Jermaine Johnson, honestly. Who'd we select already, us of the New York football giants? Uh, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't fault him for going O-line. You couldn't fault him for going quarterback here where there's still Mm -hmm. tremendous value. Or uh, wide receiver, um, which probably would be the, the direction I would go in. But we talked about it. They have selected some guys like Tony um, recently. You know, I think these guys, and we got to figure out who the who the play caller and how this offense is going to be structured. I think you go in the trenches. Um, we've talked about Andrew Thomas. You do have still like Trevon Penning, um, the small school offensive tackles. Still around. I'm going to go Zion Johnson, though. Boston College feels kind of like a Giants pick. Um, A guy who has played tackle in a really intriguing offense. And, um, yeah, I think this is actually the value lines up pretty nicely here. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I've got the Texans now at 37. Closing three more picks to the Broncos. Um, But they took Kayvon Thibodeau in the first round. Again, this is just a team with a bunch of needs. Trevor Penning is sitting there from Northern Iowa. I I think that building in the trenches makes sense. 
and the it's a position of value. So if he if he does pan out, then you, you feel pretty good about it. It's somebody we've been talking about for a while. So they're just going to take Trevor Penning here. But the problem is like it's hard to pick for the Texans because again, you just expect them to do something dumb. And and so we're not going to do that though. We're just going to take a good player. There's also an argument for any position group for Houston. For sure. You can literally well, they need a quarterback, they need a receiver, they need an offensive lineman, they need it all. So you can't really yep. can't really go wrong. Yeah, the Jets 100%. again, man, they have so many picks in the top 40. Imagine it wouldn't be surprising if they made a trade up as well, just use some of this capital and go after somebody that they're they're really high on. Um mm-hmm. we've given them a Jabo, Charles Cross, and then we just gave them Jermaine Johnson. Oh. Your pick. Maybe go back to wide receiver since we didn't do it last time. Jake, it, your pick, it's right? my pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm gonna be like a broken record and just keep taking all these wide receivers. It's Jahan Dotson here for me. Um, a guy that's big playability, can also work underneath. Um, yeah. honestly, a complete steal at this point. Love it for Zach Wilson too, and kind of how he likes play, right? So. Mm-hmm. Chicago. Yep. Um, Henry? No. Jake. This one's me. Justin, sorry. Could they Could they be in the... I feel like they don't need a receiver. I mean, I'm tempted to take Alec Lindstrom out of Boston College as well, another guy on the interior who I really like um, and just kind mm-hmm. of solidify the, the front in front of fields but i'm not 100 percent sure what they're working with down low at the moment i personally i kind of like isaiah spiller here that's a fun pick. montgomery montgomery's been hurt and i know he's been good at times but i do mm-hmm. think you can do better um i just think that the run game needs to be overall better for justin field's development uh they're probably heartbroken Jahan dotson went before them here what about kenneth walker a guy who's already used to playing in the cold yeah, you could go Kenneth I just, Walker. I just think Spiller's got a little bit more receiving ability. He feels like a guy who's going to be very intriguing for the NFL just because of that versatility. I also think like it made such a difference when um, Akeem Hicks was out. True. They might want to beef up the D-line just a little more. You know, I mean, Perion Winfrey, Devontae Wyatt, um, Mathis out of Alabama, who I thought had a really huge second half. All those guys feel really good in this range as well. I'm going to go Mathis. I think he's a guy whose stock is going to rise. I think he's a really complete three-down type guy. Um, not necessarily a guy that's going to you know, like be flashing all over the place, Jordan Davis breaking through the line of scrimmage on the you know, first play of the game, but a guy who's just going to open up holes for the people around him and make sure plays in the run game. So I like Mathis a lot, and I'm going to take him there to Chicago. Feels like a good fit. I almost went Spiller. You almost talked me into it. It felt like more fun, but I feel like Mathis kind of feels a more pressing need for that Chicago defense. Dre, the time has come. The Denver Broncos are on the clock. We've got quarterbacks on the board still. Do you like Howell Strong or Malik Willis? You know, do you want to add one of these receivers at this point? Like there's there's a lot to to dive into. Where are you going? Yeah. Um be very intrigued by the quarterbacks. In fact, this is probably of all the Broncos picks, the one where the value is really going to line up. Um, and I personally would go Malik Willis, though I'm not convinced that the staff, the Broncos will hire. That'll be their kind of guy. Um, 
Howell's deep ball and overall upside and traits make him intriguing as does Carson Strong's ability to just squeeze like some insane throws into the tightest of windows um, and just be able to attack vertically that way. And I actually need a reminder as to who we settled on at nine. Uh, that was Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Gotcha. Right. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think you really are kind of forced to go quarterback here. And I personally would go Malik Willis. I just think at 40, that's too good a value to pass up. Um, and yeah, uh, even though, you know, I think there'll be, you really want to focus more on next year's draft mm-hmm. and try to use that draft capital you have now to kind of load up for next year to have as much ammo as possible to try and go after two really good quarterbacks at the top. And we'll see how the rest of the class shapes out. I think it's smart to kind of roll the dice every year. And I think Malik Willis is really intriguing. It's a guy we've been talking about for over a year now. And um, yeah, I think it lines up pretty nicely. And I think the worst place you can be is needing to sign a veteran quarterback. And if you don't get a quarterback who can at least compete next year, this year, then you're stuck to decide between like re-signing Drew to come back to compete after his contract's over or saying like, uh, Tyra Taylor, come in and see if you can beat him out. And then you just blow 10 million bucks on that. So I do think taking a quarterback here makes sense. That's what we've talked about all year. I think any of these guys would be cool with me, but Malik Willis is probably the most exciting just because of all the tools he has. I mean, Willis would be my favorite. If, if I were the GM, that's who I would do. I just don't know if the Broncos, mm-hmm. if they make a coaching hire or an offensive, offensive coordinator hire that's adventurous enough uh, for this, just because they've kind of shown a track record of not really uh, innovating um, in this way on offense. Um, so if I was to try and guess what they would do here, I would guess it'd be between Howell and Carson Strong with Howell coming out on top, but man, Willis would be so much fun to have in Denver. It would make the offense so much harder to defend, um, just more fun to watch too, which is, I think what we need more than anything. Go strong, I think, but Malik Willis makes a lot of sense. I think Sam Howell makes sense just with what you would want to do play action wise. Obviously already has that familiarity with Javante. If you're running the ball, well, you set up those play action, play action opportunities to really stretch the field. Howell has a lot of things that you, can work with and and like he just he disappeared in the biggest moments so consistently over the last two years and that worries me a lot um ultimately if they land malik willis it's just such a fun pick while i may have some some skepticism about it panning out uh, you know why not why not take a guy a flyer on a guy as talented as malik willis at 40 that's that athletic that has that type of arm and it's just going to get people excited again which ultimately is what's been lacking in denver going back six years now yeah. And just going back to like the Broncos not making moves like this, this is going to be a totally different staff. Like George Payton wasn't making those decisions. Um, whoever the coach is, obviously. But then on top of that, like, I don't know. I guess like George Payton kind of gets stuck in the Kirk Cousins box because he was in Minnesota when they did that. But it's not like that was his decision. Like it could be that they, he was talked into that or he was his second choice and then they were whatever. But, but I, I do think that this is going to be pretty unpredictable. And I'll also say that if we're, you know, we're talking about Sam Howell, Malik Willis, those are kind of small guys. Like Desmond Ritter, I think, might be, in my opinion, the smartest choice here. Carson Strong, too, another big guy with just like a massive arm. But yeah, I mean, Malik Willis, absolutely the most fun. Well, 
in this draft, we ended up with Malik Willis, Kyle Hamilton, two of the most fun players in college football. I think those are guys that Broncos fans could get excited about. We had three quarterbacks go in the top 40 with Pickett, Corral, and then Malik Willis. Um, all the top offensive tackles. Anybody you feel like maybe slipped here, maybe like a Kenneth Walker you could see going earlier than 40. Um, and some of these other receivers, corners, there's still some pretty decent talent in the secondary on the market. I don't know. I feel like we got the main guys, though. Yeah. Did Trent Christian McDuffie. Harris ever go? Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Trent McDuffie's one you'll see in most mocks that we didn't yep. have. does feel like, you know, Broncos could have gone with some nice value at corner and still decent value at right tackle and edge options. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as interior linebacker, you know, and defensive tackle. So those same needs, it's not going to be the high-end talents we're looking at at nine, but you're still going to find some decent depth to fill those needs later on. And and I would guess that you see another quarterback go. I bet there's three off the board when, when the Broncos pick not two. But, I mean, the way this one fell, that's not what happened. I'm curious what you guys, if, if you know, it's – Pick 60 is the Broncos' second-round pick, probably, somewhere something right around there. If the draft falls like this, who are you hoping slips to 60? Kayun. Okay, I like it. I'd agree with that. Corner yeah, from just Florida. a corner guy that I think has late first-round potential. Or but... Darian Kendrick. Yeah. I mean, Wyatt I... Davis, all the way. I, he probably doesn't get talked about enough. So the, the other defensive tackle opposite Jordan Davis for Georgia, us dud dominant would be really fun in the Broncos rotation. Yeah. Uh, Nick Benito, Drake Jackson. I, th- I think there's a couple edges. I still like my J Sanders didn't go. He definitely fits in that category too. There you go. That's probably the guys we omitted from the top 40 picks that stand out most to me is those couple high end, high upside edges, me J and uh, Drake Jackson for sure. Wandale Robinson from Kentucky, little slot guy can maybe play him in the backfield just a little bit too. And super fast. I think he's another one to watch for. Quay Walker, the linebacker have, from Georgia. You also have uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, uh, the tackle from Ohio State. That's pretty solid value. That also fills a need for the Broncos. Um, I don't know if you play him at left, move Garrett over to right or the other way around, but I think that'd still be decent value, even at 40 here, too. Mm-hmm. No need for it's gonna Lewis be fun. Scene. Going to be really fun. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to our first mock of the official draft season. We did some other ones throughout the season, but I, I would say this is the first one that you know kind of counts for something since we have the draft order at least established. Once we find out the coaches and the offensive coordinator hires, we'll probably do this again in you know the next month or two. But thank you to everybody for keeping up with our content. Make sure you keep up with everything going on in DNVR Broncos. They'll keep you up to date with all of the latest coaching news as well as the potential ownership situation. Make sure you're following Hank on the bus side, me on the CSU side. We have all kinds of fun stuff happening right now at DNVR. Become a member, sign up today, get a free t-shirt. It is dope. You will love it. We've got so many great options. And uh, just real quick before we go here, if you're in the metro area, come out to Shields on Wednesday, the 26th from 5 to 7 p.m. We will have David Roddy there signing autographs, one of the best college basketball players in the country. All right, I'm Justin. Much love to all of you. Thank you for listening to the DMVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Until next week, much love. Stay warm out there.